I'm Anna Barnard. And I'm Maria Ramsey. And you're listening to Never Wear Boring Socks. Welcome to another episode of Never Wear Boring Socks. This week we will be talking about perfectionism, and so we'll discuss why some of us are perfectionists, um, and what areas of our lives we apply perfectionism, um, how it can help and hinder us, and then some new ways to look at perfectionism that can benefit us in the long run. But before we do that, I have a question for you, Maria. What socks are you wearing today? I am... Repeating a pair of socks. <gasps> I know. I've worn these for the podcast before, but they're one of my very favorite pairs of socks. And I also I have a lot of socks, but I do not have an unlimited number of pairs of socks. So this is going to happen more and more as we continue. Because I don't want to just keep buying lots of socks. That seems wasteful. But, but anyway. I mean, can you ever have too many socks? True. I just feel like <laughs> Like, I don't want that many socks that I have to keep track of. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and I don't want to buy lots of unnecessary stuff. Although I do love socks. Socks are so. the best. I know. But anyway, the ones that I'm wearing today are black with little elephants on them that have their oh, trunks like intertwined. Mm-hmm. I like them too. And they have little hearts above the intertwined trunks. And I just really like these socks. That's why I wore them today. My shirt is red, so it like goes with the little red hearts. I also figure this episode is coming out the day after Valentine's Day, as long as this comes out according to schedule, right around Valentine's Day. So my elephant socks seemed appropriate, because they're sort of a cuddly, loving elephants. So... Those are my socks for the day. What about you, Anna? I like it. Well, that just reminded me. I was going to bring back Valentine's socks from home, and I didn't. Ew. I Uh-oh. forgot lots of things at home this time, though, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well. It's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I am wearing a pair of socks that are blue and kind of teal, and they are Argyle socks. Um, and I chose these socks... I don't know, they're kind of a classic, you know, the Argyle, and our mm-hmm. little uh, image for our podcast is Argyle, so I kind of just, I don't know, I was feeling it. I was feeling I like the it. Argyle this morning. So, simple, but Argyle. Nice. All right, so let's get into our conversation about perfectionism. Um, so I kind of want to address the question of why do some of us gravitate towards perfectionism? Because it's clear that not everyone is a perfectionist, or at least some people are like more, perf- excuse me, gravitate towards perfectionism more than other people. Um, but I guess I would say that many of us are perfectionists in like some area of our life, if not all areas of our life um but 
I guess, what are your first impressions of that, Maria? Like, why do you think we we kind of latch on to perfectionism? I think it's just a part of our personalities. Like, there are personality differences between different people, and I think perfectionism is one that shows up more in some people than in others. Mm-hmm. And I am guessing it probably correlates with some other personality traits. Um, I'm just thinking of, like, my brother, for example, is totally not a per- perfectionist at all, and we have very different personalities whereas i feel like you and i anna have quite similar personalities and we're both very much perfectionists in a lot of ways right yeah i agree with that i also think that when it's not well even when it is like a core part of your personality but maybe like when it's not a part of your personality but it kind of crops up in a certain area of your life a lot of times perfectionism is kind of an attempt for us to assert control in some area of our life. Um, I think a lot of people feel that if they can have control over something in their life, then they feel better about things, I guess. Um, And I think it also has to deal with um, our personal vision for certain things. And I think that's where, like, the the personality differences come in, um, is how attached you are with certain visions you have of things um i think this really goes into effect for artistic and creative people because they have a certain vision for the art that they want to make or how things want to be and that's when perfectionism kind of comes in yeah i totally agree with that i was thinking the same thing that for me i really feel like it's connected to the fact that i'm an artistic and aesthetically minded person because I do often have ideas of how I want things to turn out. I like have a curated idea of something in my head, whether that's a creative project or an experience. I ha- I often have an ideal way that I want it to turn out, and I feel connected to that vision. And this is reminding me, because we were talking a little bit about like different personalities when we started out, I took this personality test. It's not like exactly a personality test. It's like a strengths test, the VIA strengths test. It's very interesting because one of the strengths, so a lot of them are like strengths you would expect. There's like honesty, fairness, um, like h- humor. That was kind of a more unusual one. But the thing that it told me was my top strength that like ranks your top strengths the thing that it told me i was really good at is the appreciation of beauty and excellence which like i've never seen that as part of a personality test or never thought about it as a strength before but when i saw that i was like oh my gosh that makes so much sense like that's why i do all of the things that i do that's why i like all of the things that i like but i feel like as a person who really deeply appreciates beauty and excellence that can sometimes lead to perfectionism because i really want things to be beautiful and excellent right that yeah that makes total sense no i think that's i think i've taken that test too and i think it's really interesting that that is noted as a strength. And I think, yeah, I think that also brings into question, like, 
in what ways does that make you a stronger person or like why um does your strength in that area like enrich your life because i think again to a certain degree it can turn into perfectionism but in a lot of ways i think it enables us to hold a high standard for for at least if we're artists for the art that we create so i think in that regard it can be a positive thing yeah and that's interesting because like the other kind of personality trait that this is connected to in my mind is neuroticism mm-hmm. because i'm thinking about this in terms of the like big five ocean personality test yeah. and i i'm not a psychologist so i don't know if there's actually a correlation between perfectionism and neuroticism i just feel like my thoughts are that those two would be related and for myself i feel like they are like i tend to overthink and overanalyze and that has to do with neuroticism and for me it also has to do with perfectionism and i score rather high on the neurotic thing in the ocean test which is definitely sounds very negative whereas appreciation of beauty and excellence sounds much more positive so i guess there are different ways that you can look at that personality trait and different ways that it can manifest in your life right yeah well i think yeah i think viewing it as appreciation for beauty and excellence can change the way it affects your life probably as well like have you noticed that at all like knowing that your perfectionism can be framed as appreciation for beauty and excellence like has that changed your view on it at all in your own life well i hadn't actually connected the appreciation of beauty and excellence thing to perfectionism before this conversation something Mm -hmm. you said just made me think of it i think that just seeing that as a strength has been very helpful for me like it's been a big mindset shift in a lot of ways i don't know that i've really like i don't know if it's useful in terms of perfectionism or has been up until this point maybe that's something i'll think about going forward so um so this this conversation we've been having has like kind of made me think about how i think sometimes perfectionism is this somewhat of a choice we make um because we do want to have a certain degree of control over something and we know that we want it to be a certain way, and so we're going to take the necessary steps to do that. But I think sometimes perfectionism does manifest itself more as an attribute or a part of our personality. And so even in little things in our lives that we don't even necessarily care about that much, we start turning into perfectionists just by habit. Um, And I feel like that is very different than the more, like, self-aware perfectionism. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I feel like when it becomes a habit is usually when it's less useful. And I do think that maybe not, I don't know that I would call it perfectionism, but a certain degree of wanting things to be a certain way and... um like taking actions to refine things to a point that they are improved. That can be very helpful. But I think 
that like that's a very mindful way of using perfectionism using that trait but when it kind of infiltrates the rest of your daily life in a way that's not necessarily improving anything or having any significant effect if you're like being a perfectionist about like which socks to wear which sometimes (laughs) has happened to me in the past perhaps maybe because i'm into socks but (laughs) i i don't think that's helpful yeah like little decisions like that yeah i agree because it takes up unnecessary brain energy right well and i think it's interesting because because it's a part of our personality how effective or important is it for us to try to like fight that or is it better if we just accept it if we tend to do that i think it becomes a problem when it's affecting other people um this is something else that i wanted to talk about in in regards to perfectionism too is that like some cases of perfectionism you're holding yourself to a certain standard and things aren't going the way you want them to and you're trying to make them more perfect but i think there's other cases when perfectionism is kind of just an example of diversity of opinion um because your personal vision is competing with someone else's and then you start butting heads um and i feel like when we start bringing perfectionism into little tiny things in our lives and it starts affecting other people and what they want or what um seems best to them um and the reason why we're we're exercising perfectionism is just force of habit or something ingrained in us um that can become a problem as well i think it's yeah. when it starts affecting other people and i think perfectionism is definitely it can just affect you or it can affect others and we need to be aware of how many people it's affecting mhm i can see how that could be an issue in a shared living situation for example if you had mm-hmm. a a housemate who like maybe you're usually kind of a perfectionist about like having the silverware in the dish drainer a particular way and that's like you like to have it perfect but that sort of belief of how you think that area of the kitchen should be is getting in the way of your roommate's enjoyment of the kitchen if you're like bothering them about it you know, and maybe they have a perfectly fine way of putting the silverware in the dish drainer. They're not, like, leaving it out messy. But I think something like that would be an example of what you were talking about, where you have a specific vision of how something is going to go, and it's not, like, necessarily the one that everyone else shares. I think that's an interesting point to bring up. Yeah, I'm gl- Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the shared living situation example. I think that's really applicable to this i think it's true in like new marriages or not new marriages just marriages in general Mm -hmm. someone's doing some little tiny thing that like wouldn't normally bother you but because your perfectionism is winning out then it's just like this annoying annoyance to you i know um like here at school a lot of my friends don't live in my dorm they live in a dorm close by and in their dorm they have really tiny rooms and they all have to share a closet with their roommates. Whereas I don't have to do that. I have my own closet. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but because they have to share a closet, like, they kind of have to split it down the middle. And sometimes, like, their stuff touches each other. And 
if for some people, even if like their roommate hasn't done anything wrong and it's not even like their fault, their stuff is just like accidentally moved onto the other side. It's just like this source of frustration for them because they're like, I want it on the other. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, like that yeah. perfectionist tendency. Um, and just like little things set you off um, in shared living situations like that when you're having to compete with your vision for a space and someone else's vision for a space. Yeah. The spaces are like we talked about. Spaces are really important in how we live our lives and how we're comfortable in our own places that we live in. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that the kind of different opinions on or differing visions for something can also apply to creative projects. If you're collaborating with somebody and you have a very specific vision of how something is going to be and it's like perfect with all these elements in place, but that's not what the other person has in mind, that can make it challenging too collaborate on something yeah that can make it really difficult um i mean especially because it's really important to recognize that like any sort of collaboration has to involve compromise and i think some artists when they go into a collaboration they're excited about it because they enjoy the person that they're working with but then little specific things start to come up and if you're used to working on your own and having complete agency and what you're creating and then that's compromised that can be super difficult but i think it's a good Mm -hmm. teacher in collaboration and learning to work with other people yeah but i think those are maybe some examples of where perfectionism does get in the way of your relationships and i think it's important in those cases to try to expand your vision to something maybe beyond what your little perfect vision was to begin with. Like, like you said, compromise is really important to take in what the other person is looking for in a creative collaboration or in a living situation or whatever, whatever other situation you're in and try to combine something. If you want to end up with a harmonious environment, I think you have to compromise to some extent. Well, What's really great about collaborating and when, like, perfectionism does kind of infiltrate into that is that sometimes at first we view it as this, like, thing that we have to deal with and it's just an annoyance. Um, And if only they could just agree with me, then we could have my personal vision or whatever. But I think a lot of times being able to collaborate with people and set that kind of perfectionism aside allows us to actually expand our views on our creative work um, or whatever you're doing and ultimately like kind of teaches us something new or a new method of doing things um, can give you inspiration in creating your own work in the future. So I think having an open mind about it is really important. I totally agree. I think that a lot of really amazing things can come out of collaborations if you are open to it because as they say, two heads are better than one. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And this is making me think of a particular creative collaboration. So I'm wondering I'm wondering your your thoughts on this. But so when we were working on the album art for this oh, yeah. podcast, mm-hmm. like we're both such perfectionists that we went through like how many different color and font 
choices like all the little tiny details like is the background gonna be white or is it slightly off-white and like (laughs) is this bright purple the right color or should it be a darker purple or should it even be purple yeah i i was just thinking of that because when you were talking about collaborations i feel like that was I was very pleased with the outcome of that collaboration because like I started the design and then you made some changes and I was like, ooh, I like that even better. And then we kept kind of going back and forth. And I feel like that was really helpful to create something better than maybe one of us would have created on our own. But then I'm also just thinking about like a collaboration between two perfectionists can be a little bit dangerous if you don't (laughs) like stop it at some point. Because we eventually had to be like, that's good enough. We just need to pick one. Right. I mean, yeah, it depends on the individual situation, I think. Because in some cases, I think it can just kind of like get out of control. And you're both (laughs) perfectionists. And worse comes to worse, you're working on this project. And one of you just like says I'm out because they can't even deal with the competing ideas anymore. But like for us... Again, it allowed us to create something that better than probably us, like we as individuals would have created. Mm-hmm. So in that case, ultimately, like the perfectionism kind of allowed us to like, a- like adjust things continuously, but then we are eventually able to agree on something. But the perfectionism helped us in making something we wanted. Um, granted, we may have wasted a little time on it, but... <laughs> Overall, it worked out pretty well. Um, Whereas some people who maybe aren't perfectionists at all, if they were working on something like that, um, they might just throw it together. And then if they didn't really talk about it or collaborate about it, they might not come up with something um, that they were completely satisfied with or that something they might have missed out on opportunities to create something exciting um, that with further collaboration would have resulted in. Mm hmm. But it's a super individual case sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. So we've been talking about perfectionism in regards to creativity a lot thus far. And so I kind of just wanted to touch on um, the idea that a lot of times perfectionism isn't just like an overall thing in our life. We apply it to... Um, certain areas of our lives and like the two big categories that I can generally think of I'm sure there's many more um, but would be one our lifestyle in general so kind of the standards that we hold ourselves to in regards to health and wellness how we treat other people um, what our level of fulfillment excuse me fulfillment is in our lives um, and what we're doing to achieve those things I think a lot of times we can hold ourselves to a certain standard and if it's not going perfectly that can be really frustrating for a lot of people. Um, but then the second one that we've been talking about is the creative side of our lives. Or in some cases, I think this can also extend to just like your work life. If your work is some kind of manifestation of your creativity or it's kind of your life apart from your general lifestyle, I guess. Um, not that they have to be completely separate as we've talked about. Um, but I think kind of wherever you express some sort of creativity then perfectionism can come into that as well um so standards that we hold ourselves to in creating product products or kind of engaging ourselves in our work um or whatever we're doing um as kind of an outlet for something creative so and i think 
like differing from these two areas um because perfectionism operates in different areas of our life it also operates in different ways then um because i think applying perfectionism to like our overall lifestyle um with our health etc um can be really destructive i can't think of a lot of times when perfectionism is helpful then Mm -hmm. i mean obviously you want to to assess what you're doing in your lifestyle and make sure that you're doing what you can to make it satisfactory and if it's not taking steps to get help for that or whatever um but the thing about like applying perfectionism to our lifestyles is that our lives are complex and constantly changing and no human is perfect so if you're trying to hold yourself to this this level of perfection it's not really going to happen because we can't be perfect and our lives are always throwing curveballs at us. There's always things that we can't control. So trying to control everything is not going to really result in a satisfactory thing. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Do you agree with that? I, don't, I do. Agree. I can't think of that many re- like ways that it would be helpful in that regard. No, I don't. I don't think it is helpful in trying to construct your lifestyle. I definitely relate to the what you're talking about it not being helpful in regards to health and wellness. That's one of the reasons why Katie Dalebot's work has resonated with me so much. Our guest from I think it was episode twenty, yeah, because um, she talks a lot about how she used to be orthorexic, which is like you're trying to eat like the, exactly the right foods so that you're perfectly healthy and i don't know that i necessarily was like full-blown orthorexic i don't think i was but i definitely like have sort of gone down that path of like trying to make myself as healthy as possible and like doing all the things perfectly to make my health as perfect as it can be and like you said i don't think we can control those things i don't think we can control all these aspects of our lives so i don't think it's helpful and i think that that kind of perfectionism and trying to control all the little details of your life like that is actually very unhealthy because it leads to a lot of anxiety or at least it did for me about like am i doing the right thing and then you worry about all the like little problems instead of looking at the big picture things that are good in your life. Yeah. No, there's a huge difference between trying to make yourself fairly satisfied and fulfilled with your lifestyle and applying this lens of perfectionism to it. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's totally, it's two totally different things. Um, I think being able to accept I think I think the most healthy thing we can do is as much as we're trying to craft a life that we're happy with and proud of, um, we accepting that we can never have complete control over everything that happens to us um, is really important. Um, and that idea of acceptance, I think, is kind of like the antithesis of perfectionism. Like perfectionism is like not accepting things until they're perfect. And I think mm-hmm. we need to accept things when they're not perfect because nothing's ever going to be perfect. Yes, I totally agree. Like you said, life is complex and 
it's just not going to be perfect. There are too many moving parts. And like you said, things are always changing. So I agree that there's a big difference between sort of a healthy relationship with trying to make positive changes in your life and then perfectionism where you're trying to assert control that's just not possible and not helpful. Right, for sure. So then in contrast to this, um, we apply perfectionism to our creative lives. And I think, like we talked about, it can sometimes be destructive, especially in collaboration with other people. Um, It can be destructive in that if we're always holding ourselves to a degree of perfection, then we never actually, sometimes we don't even start the work that we want to do because we're just daunted by this level that we want to achieve. Um, Or it prevents us from truly just getting into like the authenticity of our art. Um, But I think if we apply it in certain ways, it can be a little more helpful than just applying it to our overall lifestyle. because I think it can, if we use it well, um, allow us to deepen our creative abilities. It can challenge ourselves, um, and, and it can refine our our styles of art. But granted, again, that that requires a lot of awareness and how we're using perfectionism. And it, there's a fine line between holding ourselves to a standard that allows us to flourish in our art um, and expand our views on it. And then just kind of holding ourselves to impossible standards and then just frustrating ourselves. And and I think it leads to self-doubt if we can never get to the standard that we want it to. So, again, I don't think there's perfection in art either. Like, that's art is super subjective. Your perfection is going to be totally different than someone else's. So I think you do have to be really careful with it. But because you're dealing with specific things that you're creating rather than your entire lifestyle, I think there's a little wiggle room with how it can help us rather than hinder us. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I had never really thought about that distinction before. Because I do still feel like it's similar to the perfectionism that we were talking about in terms of your lifestyle, in that there's sort of a point where there's a healthy, useful amount of reviewing and revising that you can make Mm -hmm. to your lifestyle or to your creative work to make it better, more up to your standards. And then I think there's a, it can get to a dangerous level of perfectionism where you're just never satisfied and you never put any creative work out there. Or in the case of lifestyle, maybe it leads to anxiety or other negative consequences. But I do think that there is some distinction there because if you're creating something, you do have some degree of control over it. I still don't like I don't really feel like we have complete control over anything exactly, but but there is more control in a thing that you're creating a piece of art that you're creating or a product that you're creating versus your life or your health or your fulfillment or like these big complex ideas so yeah that's an interesting distinction and the thing with creativity is that like 
am uh, using that in your life or having some kind of creative outlet in your life like i think we all need that but ultimately like we have a certain degree of agency and choice in what we want that outlet to be and how we're creating things through it um whereas our lifestyle it's like you're stuck in your own body and your own life forever wherever i mean you have a lot of decisions and how that's going to manifest itself but um like ultimately you yourself you only have so much control in your life and i don't know because it is always changing and because you're always with yourself like you have to be really careful with applying perfectionism to it because i think it is just more complex whereas yeah i think it's interesting that you said with creative things as much as it can be destructive i think we do have a little more control over it from the get-go um and like if we are not satisfied with how things are going in our creative art and it's becoming really distracting or destructive to our self-esteem or whatever like we have the option of taking a step back and like taking a break from that um but like we always are having to live our lives and assess it and we can't really take a break from that necessarily i mean you can in some ways um but i think in that case being able to accept things that come our way is really important um whereas with creative work you do have a little more choice over what to control what to accept what to let go of i think Mhm. Yeah. Well, we do have we do have some control over our life. Yeah, situation yeah. too, but it's like it's less immediate, I guess. Less I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I know. I don't want to say that we like don't have control because we do. I f- I think we don't have control though. I think we have free will. And there is a certain amount of change that we can effect based on what actions we take and what thoughts we have. But I don't think we can, well, we can't control outcomes. That's the thing. We can, we can choose how we behave or act or think in a certain situation, but we cannot control what happens based on those choices, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I'm glad you said that. That clarifies things for me. Well, and yeah, I think that's the difference between like your creative things that you're working on too, because you can control the outcome a little more with that, depending on how you're using Mm -hmm. it in your life. Like if you're just making a piece of art because you want to make a piece of art and you're working on your drawing skills or whatever, like you can control that outcome. Like you control what that piece of art looks like in the long run. Granted, if you're trying to sell that art or reach people, that outcome depends on a lot of other factors that you can't necessarily control. But in regards to, like, actually making the product, you do have a pretty good degree of control over it. And I think that's where perfectionism we can kind of use to our advantage if we're careful with it. Yeah. Yeah, we can use kind of our discerning eye and seek refinement in whatever craft or art that we're pursuing right yeah so okay so i I, to finish up this conversation i kind of want to just talk about how we can maybe think about perfectionism in some different ways that might be beneficial to us and a lot of this comes back to how we've been talking about the idea of control um because i think that's like what perfectionism stems from it's that we want to have control over something and so when we're when we're applying perfectionism it's like i want to be able to have this go this way um and i think looking at perfectionism 
as a a method for control can be helpful because it makes us more aware of what we're trying to actually strive for and i think it allows us to kind of let go of it because like you Mm -hmm. said we don't have control in a lot of things in our lives and rather than trying to latch onto it like i think the the harder you try to take control the more it's just gonna fight back and so when you let go of it it's actually easier on yourself Mm -hmm. (laughs) because if you just accept things as they come um you can only control your attitude toward it you can't always control the things that are happening so once you relinquish the control i think it is ultimately more freeing for you and easier in the long run once you kind of get used to practicing that so it all comes back to pma pma (laughs) exactly i 100 percent agree with that i feel like that that's like kind of counterintuitive that things will get easier if you kind of let go of them but i think that is very much true i think like the more you can accept the fact that you don't have control over outcomes the more free you are to pursue the things that like seem right in the moment because you don't you're not like trapped by trying to think of well if i do this then that's going to lead to that which is going to lead to this which is going to lead to this which is going to lead to the outcome that i desire because like you don't know if all those things are going to happen they might but they might not but if you kind of accept that you don't have control over that outcome and you can just think of like well what feels the best right now what like feels most aligned with where I am right now and then I think being open to opportunities that present themselves is much more successful in the end than trying to pursue one limited path based on your narrow understanding of what is going to happen as a chain reaction of events that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in an earlier episode about um, I forget if it was PMA or creativity, which are like related in a lot of ways, but about how those, it opens your mind to new possibilities. You don't get so stuck on your one way that you think things should be. Right. Yeah. No, definitely. I mean, I think as much as we want things to go a certain way, if we leave the door open for other possibilities, then sometimes those possibilities can actually end up being better than we even expected them to be which can be really exciting and then we didn't put all this energy into trying to force it into this one outcome so it's like a Mm win-win so yeah exactly yeah i think ultimately if that's another way to look at it like leaving the door open for even better possibilities than you could imagine i think that can be a, a good way to look at it if you're struggling with letting go of control but yeah i mean mm-hmm. trying to control everything like I can speak from personal experience. Like, I've been dealing with this recently. Um, Like, trying to control everything is just a source of anxiety. And if you can let go of it, like, it's so much easier on yourself. It's easier said than done, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of ways that you can... There's a lot of steps that you can take to to make it a little easier for yourself. Um, And I would recommend Mm -hmm. meditation for that because 
that's all about kind of living in the present moment and only trying to affect things that you can right now. Like, beyond now, there's nothing that you're in control of because you never know what's going to happen. So that can be really Mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And I think if we are applying it to this idea of creativity, we talked about this too, but using it not as an opportunity necessarily to make things perfect, which is almost always unattainable, but rather as an opportunity to kind of deepen or refine our experience of something um, or our knowledge of something, like using it as an opportunity, like we talked about before. And this can be helpful in lifestyle things or in your creative work. If, again, with collaboration, if you're working with someone and you're viewing this not as necessarily as an opportunity to to get this certain vision across, but rather to create something new that you weren't expecting with this new person who is going to bring their own ideas to the table as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then one more thing um, in regards to this is, we've talked about this before, but being creative with how we think about perfectionism too. Um, I think being creative about how we look at anything is always helpful for us. I think it's a great way to combat perfectionism. But asking yourself, what does perfect mean to you? Like, why are you striving for perfectionism? I think can mm-hmm. can pose a lot of answers that we don't necessarily suspect if we're a little more self-aware about that. Um, I think it allows us to apply perfectionism in a more helpful way. And then if your idea of perfect is kind of surprising to you, Maybe asking, is it still something worth trying to work for? I think can can kind of change your relationship with perfectionism. Mm-hmm. This sounds to me like an excellent opportunity for journaling. Mm-hmm. Asking yourself those questions. Because I think sometimes we just have these beliefs so deeply embedded that we're not even really aware of them. But if you... For me, journaling is helpful here because it slows my brain down a little bit more because I have to write it out. So if I can slow down enough to ask myself, well, what does perfect mean in this situation? Why do I want that? Sometimes the answer is weird. It's like, like, I want this to be perfect so that my mom will like it. It's like, why do I care if my mom likes it? Like, this is my thing. Yeah. And it can reveal all these, like, really silly beliefs that are not serving you. Right. Sometimes when you're doing it, you're so, like, in your own way or in your own head that, like, you don't even know why you're doing it anymore. So then it's like, Mm -hmm. why why do it? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) Yeah. No, journaling is really good at kind of getting all those thoughts out on paper. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I like how you said slowing down your thought process and being a little more aware of what's going on yeah so for our call to action this week we would love it if you guys told us about a time in which your perfectionism had a surprising effect on some aspect of your life or if it allowed you to look at things in a new way um and it could be a negative or positive effect, but let us know how you ch- how it changed your view on perfectionism. And do you have a quote for us this week, Maria? I do. 
This one is a classic from Voltaire. Oh, nice. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Yes. That's a good one. That is a very good one. Mm -hmm. It's like one that we've probably all heard before, but it's very helpful to me sometimes because it kind of stops me in my perfectionist tracks of it makes me think about that question sort of like why why does it need to be perfect if it's good what is perfect gonna do for me that good is not and i think it addresses the idea of that if you're striving for perfection sometimes then it gets in the way of the good yes so it actually has the opposite effect that you want it to have yeah, and I think this relates to our discussion that we had last week on sharing creative work, because often, as creative artistic people, we want our work to be perfect before we put it out there, or even before we like finish making it. But I think reminding yourself that like you're still creating something good, you don't need to make it perfect because perfect doesn't really exist. So then you're just not going to finish anything. You're not going to share anything. Exactly. Yeah. And leaving room for non-perfect things makes you able to receive feedback from other people and grow in your own work. It's just, yeah, I mean, striving for perfect. Then once you get perfect, you have nowhere to go. So Mm -hmm. I think... Focusing on the good instead, and what nuggets of good that you can take from the things that you're doing is the best way of going about it. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that quote, Maria. You are very welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Next week, we have a very special guest episode, so you won't want to miss it. Please subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and leave us a review on iTunes, because we really love to hear your feedback. You can find show notes for this episode at mariacatherine.com slash podcast slash 024, and Catherine is spelled K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. Please get in touch with us. We would really love to hear from you. Um, You can reply to our call to action or just send us a message saying hi. Um, or any other reactions that you have to our ideas. Um, our email is neverwearboringsocks at gmail.com. And you can also get in touch with us, excuse me, with us through our social media. Our Facebook and Instagram is at neverwearboringsocks and our Twitter is at noboringsocks. Many thanks to Ben Ramsey, the cheese beast, for doing our audio editing and to him and Martha Barnard for help on our music. Again, thank you so much for listening this week, and until next time, never wear boring socks. <laughs>